It might be time to wear some masks again. No, it's not because of a novel virus. Canadian wildfires have spread. Air quality levels have gotten worse in many cities on the East Coast. It's a risk to be outside. Canada has been struggling with wildfires early on in the season. Officials have noted that over 400 wildfires are currently burning. This has impacted Canadian residents, and the smoke from these fires is now impacting the United States. The air quality index has fluctuated around the country, but levels have risen in cities like New York, worst in the world. According to experts, an AQI of more than 150 is concerning. In Brooklyn, the rate was 413. Individuals with respiratory issues are at a higher risk when outside. As we pray for the safety of at-risk individuals, we acknowledge that the world is a dangerous place. But we await the new heavens and earth where righteousness dwells. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series called Becoming Jesus People. Have you ever thought about who the church should be reaching out to? If we want to give the easy answer, then we could say everyone, since everyone needs Jesus. But there can be a more complicated answer as well. Who are the people in your community who need your church's attention? Decades ago, the wife of Calvary Chapel pastor Chuck Smith felt a deep burden for a peculiar group of people in her neighborhood, hippies. The Lord used that burden to bring many young people to faith. Listen to Pastor Greg Laurie share more about the Smiths family's heart for hippies. Kay Smith, I think, is the unsung hero of the Jesus movement. Oh, yes. I mean, everyone knows about yes. your role and, and uh, another fellow we're going to talk about in a moment. But, but Kay, your wife, had a vision, or not a vision, excuse me, a heart, a burden, I should say, for these hippie kids. Yes. And there, uh, where you guys lived... Uh, there would be little, you know, hippie kids that would walk back and forth in front of your house and they were on drugs and she prayed for them. And you know what I told her years later when I found out where you lived, I said, Kay, I was one of those kids. I literally, (laughs) there was this kid that I knew we used to go get high in his house and we would walk right by your house. We didn't know who you were (laughs) and your wife was praying for us. Well, of course, our kids, our daughter was in her first year of college and, uh, our sons were both in high school at the time at Harbor High. You know, that's the thing that really caused Kay real concern because all of these hippies in this area and such a uh, use of drugs and free use of drugs, uh, she said, um, we, we've got to reach them. Somehow we've got to reach them. Now, I know your congregation, Calvary Chapel, you were doing a series on the end times. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was growing. And you bring Lonnie in. And you have him share with his wife, Connie. And now kids are coming to, the young hippies are coming to Calvary Chapel. This is something nobody else was doing. And what was happening was an explosion. That was Pastor Greg Laurie talking about Pastor Chuck Smith. Their stories are featured in the new movie called Jesus Revolution. In a moment, we're going to think more about this movement. We'll be talking with another woman who was a hippie herself. And she'll share more of the story about the revival as she saw it firsthand. But first, I want to open with a song that came right out of the Jesus People movement. It's from a band that was featured in the movie called Jesus Revolution. Love song, and sometimes hallelujah. Sometimes hallelujah. 
Sometimes praise the Lord Sometimes gently singing Our hearts in one accord Oh, let us lift our voices Look toward the sky and start to sing Oh, let us now return His love Just let our voices ring Oh, let us feel His presence Let the sound of praises fill the air Oh, let us sing the song of Jesus' love To people everywhere Sometimes all
What have you done to my home? What are these people doing here? Met them at a coffee shop in Newport. Hey, man. Nice house. What are they doing in my house? Because I have this idea. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them into my church, I'm going to lose my job. Just listen, huh? Sit here. Hey, guys, can we just give them a taste, huh? In my weakness, you always make me strong. All I want to do now is praise you all day long. That was a clip from the movie Jesus Revolution, where Chuck Smith meets the band we just heard, Love Song. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And I'd really like to send you a copy of the Jesus Revolution movie. Yes, it tells the story of how Pastor Chuck Smith and hippie evangelist Lonnie Frisbee were used by the Lord to help start the Jesus Revolution. That alone is worth watching. But you also see how lives like Greg and Kathy Laurie, teenagers in the early 70s, lost and confused, met Jesus and had their lives changed forever. These are all true stories that will remind you of one great truth. If God brought revival to a lost generation 50 years ago, he could do the same thing today. So after the program, I want to send you the brand new Jesus Revolution DVD for your support of this ministry that's been all about Jesus for almost 90 years. You can watch clips from the movie and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And if you still wanted to get the Chronicles of Narnia Radio Theater Collector's Tin with all seven of C.S. Lewis's books turned into audio productions, we still have that for your gift as well. Now, let's travel to Costa Mesa, California, Orange County, and meet someone who was there in the Jesus Revolution. She knew Chuck and Lonnie. And she was a real hippie in the early 70s herself. Kathy Gilbert, welcome to Haven Today for the first time. Here I am. You were a regulation hippie in I, your own right. That was the, the real day. thing. Yes. What I want you to tell me is how the Lord God from heaven reached down through Jesus Christ and the spirit of the living Lord uh, reached down and found you. Tell me that. I was an outsider, did not belong anywhere, and thought that hippies were the answer. Their philosophy was the answer. Their lifestyle was the answer, and completely immersed myself in the hippie culture. And growing up in Maryland, um, graduating from high school in 1969, going to Woodstock, then leaving Woodstock, very disappointed because Mm. it did not have the answers to the questions I had, and the questions are the basic questions of life of who am I, why am I here, and what do and who do I have to live for? So, my quest was looking for those answers. And mm. Kay Smith is a key to that because she was praying for hippies all during this time that I'm on my quest. And this is Chuck Smith's wife, who really doesn't get played up in the movie. That side of the story is not really told. She was praying for you. Did she lead you to faith in Jesus? Well, indirectly she did. Uh, In the movie, they portrayed a Christian commune, and the actual name of that Christian commune in the Jesus Revolution movie was the House of Miracles. And the House Mm. of Miracles is one of many Christian communal houses in Southern California, birthed because hippies 
didn't have a place to stay. They Once they became Christians, they needed a place to be discipled. And so communes was a normal way of life to the hippie culture, so it became a normal way of life to many of the Jesus people culture. And so many of those houses, that, that one house that was portrayed in the Jesus Revolution movie, a group of them moved up to Oregon, Dexter, Oregon, and uh, set up a training center to train up ex-hippies to open up Christian communal houses all over the United States. <laughs> And this, this is was too good to be true, but it is true. <laughs> the summer of 1970, I am okay. this hippie girl I had left the East Coast and came to the West Coast living uh-huh. at Big Sur. I lived along a creek, Nacimiento Creek, looking for the answers because I had decided that the communes didn't have it. I knew the drugs didn't have it. I knew the lifestyle didn't have it. So I was determined at this point by myself to find the answers. And again, I came up empty. And so my parents sent me general delivery, Big Sur, for my birthday, May 17th, 1970, a backpack. So I put all my Mm -hmm. earthly belongings in that backpack and started hitchhiking north. And I didn't want to go south from Big Sur because that was Los Angeles and Orange County. And I thought that the hippies there were just uh, Hollywood hippies. They weren't the real thing. So I'm hitchhiking through Oregon and got dropped off at Rattlesnake Road, and nobody would pick me up except for one car. And this one car was an old Buick, and it had two fellows inside. They looked like hippies. And they invited me to their ranch or a commune and said, uh, you're welcome to have dinner with us. And I thought I had come to the point where I was completely disillusioned with hippie communes, but it was getting mm-hmm. late, so I took them up on their offer Arrived at this 80-acre ranch uh, in the middle of Dexter, Oregon, and it was full of 200 people, and they looked like hippies. But when I started talking to them, I realized that there was something very different about them, mm. and they couldn't wait to tell me what it was. And they said mm. it was Jesus. He had transformed their mm. lives. And they had been used to talking to hippies every single day when they were part of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and going down to the pier and ministering to the hippies in Southern California. So God had to move up all those people up to Dexter, Oregon, and then brought this one hippie girl to their front door, and then I got to hear the gospel. Wow. Oh, what a great story. Uh, Kathy, that is just amazing. Do you mind praying with us right now? And would you pray that the Lord would bring another revival with a new generation, just like he did in your generation when you were first a young adult. I would love to, because I know God has not changed, and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, thank you for sweeping through my life and my generation all those years ago. You have not changed. You desire to reach this this generation, Lord. We know that they're as lost as I was, and you are are the one that seeks out and searches out for those lost sheep. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who sees, knows, and loves and will come after these lost sheep. And Lord, I know that these lost sheep look different than the ways hippies look, but they are outsiders and they need you. And I pray that you'd stir in their hearts as you stirred in mine a need to know who is the real true love and who is the meaning of life and who is my identity. And we know that you are the answer because you so love this world and all the weirdness of it that you gave Jesus, your son, that the world and those in it do not need to perish. But if they put their faith and trust in Jesus, they will be saved and have eternal life. And that is our prayer for our world, our generation, 
this generation right now, and we ask it and claim it and know you're going to answer this prayer. It's because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kathy Gilbert, it was so good to have you on the program today. And thank you for sharing your story of how the Lord broke through in your life. And may he break through the lives of others hearing your story. Thank you too, Charles. This is Haven Today in a program called Becoming Jesus People. I'm Charles Morris. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a burden for those who are lost around you, for outsiders in your community? This week, we've been going through the four spiritual laws. This was developed many years ago by Bill Bright and Campus Crusade as an easy-to-remember and biblically faithful way to share the gospel with others. We've discussed the first three laws in previous programs. They are number one, God made you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Two, because of sin, we are separated from God. And three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for sin. Well, today we're going to the fourth and final spiritual law. You must accept Christ. Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save it. And that's good news indeed. And yet we can't just passively receive a gift. If you were to find a nicely wrapped package outside your front door, but you never brought it inside, you never unwrapped it, you would not receive the blessing that's found inside that package. It would just stay outside at risk of being destroyed by the elements. Similarly, to be blessed by Jesus, we cannot leave him outside. We must receive him inside by faith. In John 1, we find an amazing prologue to the life and ministry of Jesus. He is called the Word, or Hologos in the original Greek. Jesus was present in the beginning with God the Father. He created all things as God the Son. But we also see John call Jesus something else. He called him the light. The world lives in spiritual darkness. Humanity has sinned against God and one another. It sometimes feels as though we are in a never-ending tunnel with no light at the end. But the light has come. The light shines in the darkness, and the light overcomes the darkness. But the question is, what will people do with the light? John 1, 11 and 12 gives us two possibilities. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There are only two responses one can have to Jesus, acceptance or rejection. A couple of weeks ago on the program, we looked at some of the signs and sermons of Jesus, and we had to come to grips with this. Some heard Jesus' words. They saw his signs. They rejoiced in his gospel message. But others simply couldn't accept it. In fact, if you recall Jesus' sermon at the synagogue in his hometown Nazareth, he was almost killed by his neighbors. And yet, outward hatred is only one form of rejection. You may talk with friends or neighbors, and they may say something like this, I like Jesus, I think he was a great teacher. But if only Christians could be as loving and accepting as he was. Well, to consider Jesus as simply a moral teacher, even if this is seen as a positive, it's still a rejection of Jesus. Whether you leave the wrapped package outside your door, 
or throw the package away, both options are a rejection of that gift. Friends, to receive Jesus, to find him, means that we are believing in his name. We're placing our trust in him. We're acknowledging that God has a wonderful plan, a plan to rid us of our sin, and that we could never, never do this on our own. In fact, we can't do this at all. We need Jesus, the light of the world, to enter into our lives and to raise us from the dead by his Spirit. Have you received Christ? Listen to the blessing that's given to those who receive Jesus once again from John 1. To all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. A couple of days ago, I mentioned that because of our sin, we are considered children of wrath. We are naturally children of darkness. But when the light of Christ appears, and when we believe in him, a transformation occurs. Salvation appears. Children of wrath become children of God. God the judge becomes God our Father. This is the power of the gospel to change lives. In the film Jesus Revolution, a young Greg Laurie was at a crossroads. He had heard the message of Jesus. He had to make a decision. Would he receive Jesus? Would he reject Jesus? If you're familiar with Greg, you already know the answer. But listen to this excerpt from the film which shows Greg's wrestling with the truth in a powerful way. Will you just give this a chance? I, I, I don't know. I think I might be real. That's the problem, Kathy. I, I, I just can't be let down again. Yeah. What I felt in there, I haven't... I what if it's another high? What if it's just another drug? You know? It's good for a minute and then it's gone. What then? We can find out together. A brief excerpt from Jesus' Revolution a movie that has made an impact not only in Christian homes, but even in Hollywood. And if you are in a similar place as Greg Laurie was in that scene, hear these words. Only Jesus can save you. Are you looking for rest, living in a weary world? Are you seeking peace in a world that's filled with war? It's found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to him. Believe in him. He is the light of the world. And only he promises and can deliver you from darkness, beginning with the darkness inside us. Receive Jesus today. Rejoice in the salvation that Jesus Christ brings. Sometimes hallelujah. Sometimes praise. Sometimes gently singing Our hearts in one accord I'm Charles Morris here on Taven Today, Becoming Jesus People. Summer is almost technically here, and if your family is like mine, many of you will be on a vacation. Maybe you'll play games. Maybe you'll watch movies. 
but it's really hard to find good movies with content that an entire family can watch together. And that's one of the reasons we're happy to recommend the Jesus Revolution DVD. This new film will help you learn more about the incredible Jesus People movement, but even more, this movie will inspire you to pray that God would move right now in the hearts of so many lost people today. And perhaps he even wants to use you to bridge the gap between him and his lost sheep by watching Jesus' revolution with loved ones who have not yet met Christ. So come to our website right now and watch some excerpts from the Jesus Revolution DVD. And when you're there, you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. While you're there, you can listen to the interview I did with Greg Laurie, whose story is featured in Jesus Revolution. It's featured on our Great Stories podcast this week. Or why don't you call us right now and make your gift over the phone and get a copy of the DVD when you call 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And remember, we still have the Chronicles of Narnia radio theater with all seven of C.S. Lewis's classic stories on audio with an original soundtrack, talented voice actors, and stories full of Christian allegory. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next week when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Part of what makes living in a sin-filled world difficult are broken relationships. For example, not everyone has had a warm and loving relationship with their dad. It's heartbreaking, but there remains hope despite the pain. Whether we have had good parents or not, there's a greater parent that we should look to, our Heavenly Father. Listen to what is said of him in James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. In our Father, the creator of the heavenly lights, we've received every good and perfect gift. Do you want to know that kind embrace of the Father? Come to him through his Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.